HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca, home of New York's craft cider. I love New York. Plan your getaway at visitithaca.com. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Aaron Bresnitz. We are celebrating Black Business Month by sitting down with the founders of Los Angeles' Prosperity Market, Carmen Deanne and Kara Still. We chat about their celebration of community, how they put the market together, the importance of knowing where your food comes from, and what tasty tunes you can expect at their pop-ups. They also talk about the trailer they're building and what lays in store for the future. And then we tune into our archives for a tasty performance from Boy Toy where they share some of their summer fun surfer sounds. So please sit back and relax and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
Harmon and Kara, thank you so much for joining us on Snacky Tunes. How are you today? How are you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling great. Amazing. Um, you know, in the last few years, it seems that community and food and how they tie together has never been stronger. Um, why do you think that shift in alliance and, and, and those two coming together have been so prevalent in the last couple of years? Um, I would say that I think that it's been even stronger one, because sometimes that was the only thing we had and we could do, uh, mm. you know, there was, there was a moment when literally it's, we couldn't go or do any, anything else other than sure. eat and be together. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, no matter what else there is, there's the connections and the bonds we have and the fact that we all need to eat. So like mm -hmm. those two common things that happen in our life day in and day out, I think like just over the past couple of years, us having to kind of like whittle down everything we're doing to the essentials and the necessities and what's most important. Those are the kind of things that like we begin and end with those relationships and nurturing those relationships and ourselves through food. Mm. Yeah. I definitely remember a couple of years when it was like, well, we'll go have another picnic in the park and we'll see each other and we'll bask in each other's company. And, and that is, it's what used to be taken for granted was seen as the ultimate pleasure and coming together in some ways. Um, you two have always been involved with local communities and champions of supporting uh, your neighborhood and things like that. Is that how you two met um, or how did you guys first connect? Um, we met, we were both from Maryland, so we just knew each other from back in Maryland. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always been so a supporter of, you know, my community and, and, and shopping and those type of things, but like an organizer, a champion, all of those things, I wouldn't say for myself. Um, that's a, it's a new role that has uh, fallen, fallen into our laps. Yeah. And um, we, we separately actually came to LA and reconnected mm. out here. So neither one of us knew that we would wind up here and reconnected here. And um, Carmen has, uh, she's a makeup artist. I'm in fashion design and, over, you know, quarantine and 2020, everything that was happening, we were just really talking about how, how it impacted us. And that's what had us start Prosperity Market and kind of take on these roles in a new, a new way, something that we, we've never really done before. Yeah. I mean, you bring up the pandemic, you bring up the magical year of 2020, and it really showed a spotlight on the food system and food inequality and access to food. Um, how do you see those two issues connected? Because it wasn't, I mean, I think beyond just food and security and food system, but also like food as a business and being able to survive and like keep your doors open and, and what that really meant. I mean, over 2020, the only businesses that were open were, were food businesses, essential businesses. And I mean, it was, it was just such an eye-opening moment in, in a, history and live, living history, current history, mm -hmm. current affairs. Um, and what we saw, we saw a huge support going towards black owned businesses, but there's also, mm -hmm. you know, a stat that says a dollar stays in our community for six hours. So to me, that means all of this money is just going in and out. It's not, it's, mm -hmm. it's not sustaining. So how do we actually circulate the dollars? How do we make it impactful? Like how do we actually keep this money in our community? And so in kind of exploring what that looks like and why the money is passing through like that, it, it really just brought us to the fact that we need more Black-owned businesses and we need more essential Black-owned businesses, um, which what is more essential than food? And mm -hmm. you, see, you see grocery stores, you see a Ralph's on every corner or, a, well, we're, we're in LA, there's a Ralph's on every yeah. corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, or Vons or Gelson's. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever you're, I'm a TJ's boy myself. So, you know, <laughs> but, but there are many communities that our communities that don't have grocery stores mm -hmm. on every 
corner or farmers markets or just like any healthy, affordable alternatives. So, and we have no black owned grocery chains or regional or national. So in exploring that, the answer kind of illuminated itself. Like, this is what we need to do. I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head too, when you were just talking about like how it illuminated like the food system as a business. So, you know, on top of everything Carmen just said, we were all also waiting in lines to get into the grocery store. We all saw the backup in the supply chain and trying to get things into stores. And um, when business is closed, Black-owned businesses were hit the hardest. 40% of all Black-owned businesses closed to not reopen. So it was like looking at all of these stats and saying, we all need food. We all should be able to, at the very least, have quality for what is our basic survival need. And um, being able to also create an economic impact to infuse that with our survival. So it was kind of a combination of all of those things that Prosperity Market was born out of. Yeah, and you start to look at it that it's it's access as sometimes as a luxury of having the time and the ability to go wait in line for an hour. You know, some people don't even think about that having that resource to say like I can still have my job, I can still you know look after my family, and I can still go do something which maybe took me thirty minutes, which is now like a two hour endeavor. And so by you know the prosperity market and you creating that, in some ways it changed the fundamental way that the system is set up to get access to food and to goods and to start thinking about like, there's a different way that you can shop and feed your family. Absolutely. And, and the other part of what we do is we have really great farmers and vendors and great products that we can now take everywhere. So, you know, in LA, it's very spread out. You know, if you live, Mm -hmm. live on, in the valley, you're not necessarily going to Inglewood, you know, to do your to do your shopping. So this mm-hmm. way, like that, with our model, our mobile trailer that I'm sure we'll get into. Oh yeah, um, we'll we're able to bring all these really great products to wherever you are. You'll have your day of the week where we'll show up. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with the prosperity market, what is it? How to get started? What was that light bulb moment? So go for it. (laughs) Prosperity Market is a farmer's market on wheels and a food truck in one. Um, And we feature Black farmers, food producers, and chefs. And we travel all over LA, conveniently bringing our curated farmer's market experience directly to you. And we make it easy to shop and support Black businesses while creating food access in our communities. I mean, that's such an amazing and empowering type of model to know that the food's going to show up and it's not just going to be, you know, a food truck or something like that. It's going to be like raw ingredients and it's going to be people who are going to talk to you about how to make them and prep them and you get to meet your farmer. I mean, it's, it's such, um, what has the reactions been when people see it? Is it like a little trepidation or people like, what is this? And then like, what's that moment when they realize like what, what you've actually created? So um, we are in the process of building our mobile trailer. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, what we've been doing is doing monthly pop-ups all over LA. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. so uh, we've actually gotten a really great response. We didn't even know at first we were going to be <laughs> popping up. Our plan was like, oh, we're going to like come from fashion and makeup and come into the food industry and build this sure. huge market trailer. And it was like, mm, maybe, maybe let's take a few steps back and build some traction and build some relationships. So it's been an amazing response. Like with the businesses that we reach out to, the farmer connections that we've made, um, the neighborhoods that we've gone into, people literally love it. Um, mm. We've had nothing but amazing reactions from the vendors who are like, oh my gosh, I've never experienced something like this and being a part of it. And you guys are so great to us and you care and you're organized to (laughs) the customers who are like, "Um, I've never had some of these products before and where can I get more? And when are you coming back? And um, it's just been an amazing, amazing experience. And I think it really highlights the missing that's been there. Mm entire time when people are literally like, how soon are you coming back? Yeah. I mean, farmers markets are ubiquitous in LA and in the area, but that doesn't mean they have 
a clear point of view or they're open to maybe everyone who would want to be in or maybe you go there and it doesn't have exactly what you're looking for you seem to have found a specific niche and a different way to approach a farmer's market um that are giving people access and education to something maybe they didn't even know they wanted i would i would definitely agree with that um and and an experience i think when people come to any of our prosperity market events, they, they're like, it feels good. You know, anything that we create, they like the way it feels. And so they want to be a part of it and really want to support us. And that's been exciting too. Yeah. I read that you uh, described it as a vibe, which is something I absolutely love. And it's just, you know, it's, you know, what's the setup? Like when people go for those who haven't been able to go to the pop-up, what are, what are they going to experience when they walk in? Well, one, because we rotate our locations, um, they can, they, it's, it's different for us too every time. So it's a mm, new experience. Right. But what you're always going to get is just really happy, informative vendors who they're going to tell you all about what they have, how to use it. Um, we have our farmers. We have um, hot food that you can eat right then and there, food trucks. Um, we have packaged foods and um, products that you can take home. And then we have some artisans too. Uh, we always have a DJ, so it is a vibe. You, you can always yeah. <laughs> have some good tunes there. Um, we often have raffles, so you can win prizes. Um, we have cooking demos um, sometimes. So we always try to keep it fun and have a lot of activities. Now, like we, we do focus on food and music on this show, so I feel like I'd be remiss not to ask what people can expect to hear when they're hanging out at the market. Our DJs are always amazing. Like we can't <laughs> tell you the number of times people have come up to us, the DJ, other people, and they're like, oh my gosh, who is this? They keep it rocking the whole time. Like just, we, we really have amazing DJs and you'll hear everything from like stuff from the past to current things. Like mm. it's a vibe, but it's always family friendly. So sure, we've, of course. We've, not, we've not had any musical complaints ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be uh, shopping for for greens and fruits and be like, I don't know if my daughter should be hearing this song at this, very right. <laughs> at, uh, uh, this early in the morning as well. Um, all right, exactly. let's, take a, let's take a quick musical break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about some of the larger mission, uh, the second annual Black Business Scavenger Hunt, and um, some more of the uh, the community outreach that you've been doing uh, with the Prosperity Market. We have a song from the archives here on Heritage Radio Network. <laughs> Come on, cherry, cherry, still, that's not the beginning. <laughs> Breaking everything on our way out of town. We're all places, 
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We're here with Carmen and Cara, the founders of Prosperity Market. Um, you know, you talk about the types of vendors and the curation and the community that goes into the market. Um, how did you start your outreach? How did you start building a roster? How does the, as much as you can share, I want to share the business side of it work and bringing these people in. Um, how does How does everything come together? Well, um, the, the initial coming together was like, it was very interesting because we, we really took probably like six or seven months just to flush everything out, just to learn, mm. just to research, just to figure it all out from uh, June 2020 to our first pop-up February 2021. Um, and so initially, the, the vendors and farmers that we worked with, we literally cold called whether it was because we researched and found them or somebody said, oh, have you heard of this person? And so we were calling people and just being like, hey, we know you don't know us, but this is what we're doing. (laughs) And would you like to be a part of it? And uh, surprisingly, they were on board and it was just like, okay, yeah, let's let's do this. Let's figure it out. So the farmers, I think, were the most difficult because Mm. we really had to change our view of what a farmer looks like and look at urban farmers, backyard, backyard growers, um, community farmers and things like that. Because when you're in Los Angeles, you're not thinking of like a farmer that has a lot of acreage, but there are Mm -hmm. so many growers who can grow so much in a small space. And so those were the people that we made connections with first. And, um, all of our farmers are local. And so that was really nice because, you know, we're just like, Hey, would you like to sell your produce with us? And they they were really on board. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, and that's a big risk because if, you know, you're going to a new market and you have these products that are degrading, you know, they eventually will go bad if the people don't come out and you can't sell them and you have the opportunity to go to just the market where, you know, people will come. That is a choice. That's like a business choice. That's, that's, that's money in your account. That's food on the table at the end of the day. So building that trust is really important. Um, What did you say to convince them? <laughs> hey, um, I know that we don't know each other. Um, no, we're not farmers. No, I'm actually a makeup artist, but um, <laughs> right, 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 no, right. Of course, we really just shared our vision, like our why. Mm. Like this is this is what we see, and this is what we think we can do, and and that I'm. I think that everyone it was very easy to get behind because like we meant it, and we're very intentional about, about everything that we're doing. Mm. And then yeah, we moved I mean, up to it. And so now they trust us. <laughs> yeah. It just so happened. It worked out great. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because, I, you know, a lot of the times people would be like, I have an idea and we're doing it this Sunday. Can you make it? And you, you took the idea, you gestated on it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're two independent business women working in very tough competitive fields. So I have to imagine that even stuff that wasn't directly um, – market related or, or farming related, you were able to apply what it meant to put it bare their business, bring out that like, you know, that that hustling and 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 you know, sort of being like, this is what we need to make sure that we have some success and not just one time, but long term success and make it more of something more permanent. We definitely have taken um our unique perspective and brought it to farmers market and and like the agricultural food space, I think. 
Um, and I think people kind of feel that too. Like our tagline is like not your average market. And we really, we really aren't. And I think that kind of shows up just in the fact that we have non-traditional backgrounds coming into the space. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting to see not just the, the pop-ups and, and the, the eventual, um, mobile truck, but your desire to really transform the system. How do you see there being a larger shift? Like, what do you ultimately want to see change in local farmer markets or in the setup of food and business and in the community? Um, what was interesting to me that I learned during this journey is that, you know, California, we, we grow the most food. We have the most mm. agriculture. Um, we, but we also have the largest number of, uh, quote unquote food deserts, the largest communities mm-hmm. that, that just don't have access to this healthy, affordable food. And that's really mind blowing. Cause it's like, we grow it all. So where is it going? <laughs> so they're right. exporting all of this and it's, it's, it just really showcases how intentional things are. Like they're, they're the way they are. It's intentional, you know? And especially now with all of the, the shortages and, and things that are happening, we can avoid all that if we actually just focus on local. If we just grow our local food yeah. and we yep. build our local ecosystem and we sell to each other and we work with each other, we can really avoid a lot of these big issues that we're seeing. And it it sounds very simple. I mean, I'm sure I'm oversimplifying it quite a bit, but I do think that the solutions are that simple. I mean, in theory, you know, you find the problems when you start working at it, but. But I think in some ways the food system has become overly complicated and, you know, part of that comes with education. Part of that saying like, Hey, you are not going to be able to eat this type of food during this part of the year. It just doesn't exist. Uh, unless you want to fly it in from South America or a different part of the world. But you know what? Here's other foods that are, are in abundance that are 25 miles away in, in California carb country. Not only going to teach you about the food, but we'll teach you how to make it. And I see education as a big part of what you're doing. How far do you want to teach people when they come to the market? Like what are the educational goals around food and, and uh, farmers? Um, I think that we've actually barely scratched the surface on what we want to do in terms of educating um, our customers and the people that we work with and are connected to. And that's only only because right now they're just two of us really kind of doing everything. But sure, of education course, is is a really big part of it. And that's why I think we're so happy that our farmers and so many of our vendors are not only knowledgeable, but personable enough to want to share and teach um, when I, just like you said, when people don't know what grows in what seasons, it can make a big difference. When people are kind of intimidated by a food that they don't see all the time um, and they're not sure how to use it. It's like really about meeting people where they are and then kind of like expanding from there. Like, OK, what are you used to? What makes sense for you? And then, hey, maybe this is something you can incorporate into that. And for us, it's a learning as well. So it's mm. not even just about like learning at the farmer's markets, but it's about being able to then take that home and then educate, you know, someone else in your life and someone else in your life and creating partners with Prosperity Market that can help us to continue to do that. Because we definitely don't have all the answers, but we know a lot of people who can teach a lot of things. So education is a key component to what we're doing that we only want to expand from here. I mean, that's amazing. You know, there's understanding your food, where it comes from, but also how to use it, how to cook it, not be intimidated of it. I mean, you know, I remember the first time I got rhubarb and I was like, what am I, do I peel this? Like, what do I do with this? And, you know, you feel like, you're like, I don't, I don't know, but like understanding the food and understanding what we can do with it. It's very empowering. It gives you like this sort of freedom and gives you options of what you're going to cook and what you're going to feed yourself and your family and your friends. Um, is that one of the misses of the market to empower people, to give them this freedom through their food? 100%. Um, I think that so often in certain communities, one, farmer's markets aren't really an option. Or two, they're thought of as, as like not for me. And so 
coming into a market where you can feel comfortable no matter who you are and know that like you can actually talk to the people there to make it make sense for you, I think is a, is a really big deal. Um, because then you feel like, oh, not only can I have this shopping experience, but when I'm not at this market, maybe I'll even feel so empowered that I can try something on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like when you go to a record store and someone tells you about a band and the influences and gives you a lot of context and you're like, oh, cool. Like I understand what's going on now. And then you share that band with your friends, but then maybe you go out and go to another record store and you find something else. It's just like, oh, I get the context. Like I understand this and I can share it and I can enjoy it. Like it, it enriches my life. It's just, and just, you know, people just sort of lose sight of that with food uh, and understanding that like, oh, you can know about Brussels sprouts. You can know about sweet corn. You can know about almonds or leafy greens or things like that. And like there's, I don't know, food can become like this cool vibe. And it's just all about how you present it and give people access to it. Yeah. I like that record vibe, that that record analogy. Cause it's like, if you hear oh, feel about, free to use it. That, that's yours. All, no, it's all great. Yours, like day. if you hear about a band and then you find out about yeah. their influences or the people that, that they like, then it's like, oh, well maybe I'll listen to them too. And it's the same with food. It's like, oh, okay. Well, like if I find out that I can use this inside of this dish, well mm-hmm. then this is also tastes similar to that. So maybe I can try this. Like it's that same kind of thing when you're just like, oh, okay. Like, well, that kind of tastes like that, or I can put this in here. So then maybe I can exactly. try versus like no. giving yourself a pat on the back. Like, oh, I just gave somebody all of these fruits and vegetables and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like, yeah, I don't, well, I don't have plums, but I have apricots and I know what stone fruits are. So I can swap them out. Just even understanding that is just like such a beautiful thing. It's so, also um, even just having that ownership over like, the, mm. I know where this food comes from. Like I talked sure. to this person, that's like discovering a new talent in a like very intimate show, like an intimate show. And that's your artist. I just wanted to keep the reference going. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's all day. We'll spend that record all day. Um, so uh, I know uh, we are in the middle of celebrating uh, Black Business Month and you are doing some promotions with the market um, through the second annual Black Business Scavenger Hunt, which is very cool and a great way to explore the city and check out new businesses. But I'd love to hear the, the details behind it, how it came, came to be and how people can participate. So um, I'll start with the details. <laughs> so yeah, August let's go with the details. <laughs> August is Black Business Month, so we are doing a Black Business Scavenger Hunt. We have put out clues to over 50 local Black-owned businesses. So you can follow the clues. You can find the clues, a treasure map, an interactive treasure map mm. on our website. So you can actually see where the clue is on the map and you can get directions. And then we also have a Black Business Word Bank. If you need a little extra help, the answers on the Word Bank. So um, it's just a fun way to explore the city and to find all of these really, really cool businesses. And you get points for checking in at the businesses and Love all of it. those points add up to prizes that you get at our market on August 27th. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's super simple to play. Exactly. Exactly. And so whether, whether you intentionally like go to our website or our social media Mm. to start playing, or even if you stumble on it, like when you go into a restaurant, if you see that QR code, you scan it, you take a picture, post it and tag us and you're in the game. That's it. It's super simple. You start earning points. A little surprise and delight, a little discovery. I mean, especially in LA, sometimes it just feels so like unobtainable to have that guide and say like, hey, this is, you know, check out these places. They're all connected and we're going to show you how they're connected. One of our businesses posted on Instagram, a couple came in and that was their date. They were doing the scavenger hunt as their date. Oh, and that's I so that cute. Was, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's a great, you know, if you're swiping, I don't know, right or left. I, I don't know. I've never been <laughs> I, I've been married for a long time. I have no idea. Where, but what a cool idea to swipe suggest. Up. Swipe up, swipe down. Um, I don't know, swipe to the market. Um, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to end on this quote of yours that I read, which I really, really loved. And I think it's sort of what you've been talking about the whole time, which is when you have an actual face behind your work, you go harder. And I love that idea of meeting the people in the community, seeing who's growing your food, seeing who's buying your food, 
like putting the faces to what has become a very disconnected, faceless industry, which is you know the global food system. What have you seen in those people who come to the market for a time? Like, what have you seen on their faces when they really connect and they understand? And what do you hope it means for the future? We see, like, I see, you can see their excitement. Like, you can see that they've just, like, they've just discovered something. It's a gem, you know? It's like a... Mm. you can actually see that discovery and then they keep coming back and they have like their people that they go to. Like, you know, I get my eggs from farmer Ken or I get my sunflowers from here. I get my, my tomatoes from Brian at here we grow. Like it, it is really exciting to see people just take to it. I think Mm. for the future, I hope that it means that people will be interested You know, like Mm. everybody doesn't want to grow their own food and that's fine. Um, Everybody doesn't want to be a culinary chef and that's fine. But I I hope that it creates interest to talk about food on a deeper level than what are you getting from the grocery store? Um, To be curious about like where it comes from or how it grows or what you can do with it or who grew it. Um, Mm. So I I think that... Yeah, just a curiosity and a conversation to look at look at food newly, and what those stories are, and the people behind it, and how they got there. That you know, just being like, oh yeah, I got the zucchinis from this guy, and his father grew this, and his grandfather grew that. You know, and just knowing knowing the stories behind the food just enriches the experience, and then you share them with your friends, and it's just it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, congratulations. If people want to learn more about the prosperity market or the black business scavenger hunt or just follow along, where can they go? How can they get involved? You could um, find all the information about us and the scavenger hunt on our website, prosperitymarketla.com. And you can follow along in real time on Instagram at prosperity.market. Amazing. Well, thank you both. Congratulations. Uh, Can't wait to check out the market myself. Uh, We have a song from the archives and then a live performance from the archives here on Heritage Radio Network.
This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca, helping you to plan your next getaway. Ithaca has waterfalls and wineries, art and theater, outdoor recreation, and family fun. The area is famous for its glacier-carved gorges, co-op-run businesses, and cultural influences from Cornell University and Ithaca College. Plus, you can't beat the beauty of Cayuga Lake, the largest of the Finger Lakes. Beyond 150 waterfalls and some of the region's best hiking trails, Ithaca is cider. The area is well known for its local cideries, which are leading the way in America's cider revival. You can hear from the region's cider makers directly on HRN series Hardcore. There's something really special about Ithaca's climate for cultivating delicious apples steeped in history and terroir. Let Visit Ithaca help you plan your next trip to this hub of food, drink, culture, and agritourism. Home of New York's craft cider, I love New York. Get started at visitithaca.com. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 35 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail served on the beautiful patio, which has ample room for social distancing. Travelers from around the world find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Right now, live in studio, we have Boy Toy. Welcome to the show. Hey. Uh, Hi. Do you want to go around the room and introduce yourself and what you play? Hi, I'm Chase. I play the drums. Scoot over. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lena, and I play the bass sometimes. Hey, I'm Glenn. I play guitar. I'm Sarah, and I play guitar and sing. You just got back from European tour. Where did you go? Any food highlights? Yeah. Oh, we Ooh. went yeah. basically everywhere except Spain and Portugal. Uh, and Portugal. Where is everywhere? Um, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, Vienna. Austria. Uh, Czech Republic, <laughs> UK, France, Brussels. Okay, everywhere. We didn't Netherlands. go to Serbia. <laughs> no Serbia. No or Slovenia. No Poland. Croatia. Were you on tour with anyone? Mm-mm. No. Ourselves and an Italian driver. Oh, amazing. So were there local opening bands for it, or yeah, what were the some, bills look like? Some shows, yeah. Sometimes. Man, a lot play. of the times you play just by yourself, which is really strange, but uh, they, people really dig one band shows there. Yeah. Opening, middle band, headliner. That's we, it. We rolled no, up to uh, Hamburg. We, n- we never. No, I'm saying you're playing all the roles. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three sets, <laughs> no break in Three between. Joe's repeating songs in different orders. Oh, man. When we were in Frankfurt, we played on a boat, and they started stomping when our set was over. So they wanted us to play another song. So, we, like, they wouldn't stop stomping, so we kept playing. And. I played another song, and then they kept stomping again, and then we ran out of songs, so we had to make up songs. Oh, yeah, how'd it go? New re- awesome. I mean, we're going to talk about the new record, but I'm sure that's half the material. Yeah, most is from that boat in Frankfurt. <laughs> the Frankfurt Sessions? Yeah. <laughs> it ended up being really cool. Like, that was one of my favorite shows, because we, like, basically the promoter forced us and tricked us into playing he another encore. Us. He was like told each of us individually that the other person was already ready to play and they were oh, waiting for Oh, she's waiting us. for you, yeah. yeah <laughs> but then it turned out to be like this really cool, like improvised thing that, that was different than any other show. So, How did you, did you, none of you talk to each other? Were you just like, oh, she's up there? Like, no, yeah, like he, ran over yeah, and he, they weren't ready yet. Yeah, and he phrased it. He was like, no, Ch- Chase, Chase promised me two songs. And we were like, well, I mean, we can't, I guess. Okay, sure. And then after we played, we were like, Chase, like, did you talk to him? And she, and he was like, she was like, no. He told me that you guys were up he there. He said you guys were me. angry, waiting, <laughs> angry. Like a lot of like mistrust sown from a Frankfurt promoter. Yeah, he's <laughs> awesome though. Yeah, he, he wrote, and then we were leaving. It, it took a long time to get out of there. And he, um, 
we were walking because uh, he's taking us to where we're gonna stay. He's like, first though, I have to show you the most German thing ever. <laughs> oh my God. And, and right when he says this, this bus just opens the door and this like big German guy just falls out holding his beer and just is like laughing. Like and falls on his head <laughs> yeah. and like, the beer doesn't spill. <laughs> what he was really gonna show us was a bar but just it happened at the most like exact perfect moment, and he was like, "Well, that was pretty German." Okay, he that, like, got back one. on the bus. <laughs> yeah. Like the bus opened to let other people off. He fell off the bus and he got back on. Was and it a party bus or just like a no. public bus? No. Oh. Yeah, public he was going transit. home. Oh. Yeah. So then the promoter was like, "All right, I'm going to show you the second most German thing there is." Uh, so, what were some of the food highlights from around oh, Europe? God. The wine everywhere is amazing, <laughs> and like three euro. Um, Just skip food and go straight. To <laughs> wine. And well, gas stations also surprisingly, like in Italy, have and Switzerland are like gourmet salads and pastas and. Oh, the foie gras. I, well, oh, yeah. sorry. It was in, sorry, in but France. We had foie gras. Dipped that was in, where the best food was this time. Dipped in what? Foie gras, Glenn. Oh, my God. So the foie gras <laughs> was like, on this like little brownie cake, and there's foie gras, and it was coated with gold leaf. So you'd eat it, and you'd have this like little gold remnants on your mouth, just looking totally guilty because you <laughs> just <laughs> indulged in like six. I didn't know how many foie gras bites were too many. I'm sorry. Did you say it was on a brownie? Yeah, it was like a little, but like the smallest like thing. Thin little brownie. It was like a brownie with with like some apricot or something in between, and then foie gras, and then dusted in like, like literal this gold, gold cover. I, we all thought it was chocolate truffles. Yeah, right. I thought it was dessert. And then it was heaven. 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 Pure, was, pure heaven. It was too advanced for me. I was like varsity level, but Glenn was. She's an adult. Well, Glenn, how many is too many? Well, <laughs> I had to gap to five. Okay. <laughs> so I, I had some restraint. But the good news was is that they were serving it again the next day. Yeah. Oh, so, perfect. So yeah. how many did you have the next day? <laughs> you know, I'd prefer not to disclose. Okay. <laughs> you got like your iron. Peter's going to call. <laughs> yeah, yeah Peter's going to call. Um, the muscles in Benique, too. Those were awesome. Well, I hey. felt great. And then realized they were all just soaked in really rich butter and I'm lactose intolerant. Oh yeah, there's some like food allergies spread yeah. out amongst you. So I felt really, I, we ate all these like three pots of mussels and I was like, man, I feel awesome. And then 10 minutes later I was like, I feel terrible. This is going to be a problem. <laughs> and, uh, situation. Is a problem sound effect? Wind? Yeah, I think that's the problem sound oh, effect. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the, the, the passing of wind. It's oh, happening. It's happening. The tide is gone. Yeah, wooga. Can we hear a song? Yeah. What are you going to play for us first? Poison Boys. Breeder. Great. Here we are with Boy Toy live on Snacky Tunes. <laughs> Bad 
You just recorded a new album in Topanga Canyon. Why out there? Because <laughs> it's heaven on earth. It's crystals in the soil. Well, the last record we did, we recorded in the middle of the winter in Philadelphia in like a basement. It was great because it was like a cozy vibe. I don't know. And then it was just nice to go somewhere different and um, be able to not put on a parka every morning. Do you think the setting influenced the type of music and the songs that are going to be on the record? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's super it's groovy. Yeah. So California, chill. sunny. You surfed a lot. Yeah. Um, right vibes. There's still some so- there's some songs about New York that definitely have like New York vibes, but yeah. it's, it's like infiltrated soft. by no. yeah, infiltrated by California. How long were you out there? We we've been doing this thing where we go to LA for the winter for the past two years. So we got out to LA at the end of January and did all pre-production stuff in February, and then we stayed uh, where we recorded for about three weeks in Topanga. Yeah, pet pigs. Pet pigs. Yeah. Yeah. What were they named? Flower, who is an angel princess. I want to buy her a Barbie Jeep. <laughs> and Mr. Pickles, who is a total asshole. Mal- uh, Flower is a Malibu model. She's yeah. famous. Is she really? Yeah. Is she on Instagram? She was she in, no. but she's no. above that. She's in magazines. She's in, she only does print work. She's like now. Vogue Italia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you go out with a batch of songs that were a little bit harder New York based and then how did like the California seep into it or were the songs not totally written until you got out there? We we recorded with um Kyle Malarkey. Um he did the Alalas and the Growlers stuff, um and was a really amazing producer. We had these bunch of songs that we like worked on and then got into a studio and a lot of them changed a lot to the point where like we'd be doing like listening back on stuff and be like, wait, what song? What song is this? <laughs> yeah. And then some songs are half written and we finished them in the studio. What's the plan for it coming out? Is it Ooh. done, mixed, mastered? It's mixed. It's done, it's mixed. It's not mastered yet. We're going to do that over here. Um, We're on yeah. the prowl. Yeah. We're on the prowl right now. Figuring out how we want to put it out and who we want to put it out with. Watch out. Any, uh, any ideas? Anyone you want to oh. call out to? <laughs> Dear have a few not, Clive have Davis. A few not ideas. <laughs> Clive Davis and Mutt Lang. <laughs> hi. Master. Hi. 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 I went to his school. We should just call him up. Yeah. We just call, if, if Could you just call Clive? You said you did the he school? He owes me money. Oh, yeah. I went to NYU. I did the uh, Clive Davis. I guess now they call it the Institute of Recording Music. But before then, it was just the department, uh, recording department. It's, it's just probably part of your tuition that you can just call him. You, everyone gets one email to him you that know, he has honestly, to answer. Totally. Really should be. <laughs> For that amount of money. <laughs> like it's like, you got to write me back, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you going to play for us? Want. Want. This is off a 7-inch that we released last winter before we went out to L.A. So this is true New York, Philadelphia winter true vibes. New York. We recorded it ourselves. And no, this this we recorded in the summertime. In the summer, actually. It came out in the winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it came we out. We recorded this in the summer in a studio that Glenn was renting in the Navy Yard. It was hot. It was hot. And we all had to take our clothes off in the studio because it would be, like, probably 100 degrees in there. actually hot. Like physically hot. Physically hot. Sexually Physically hot. hot. I remember my first summer in New York where I thought I could get away with not having a air conditioner until I like went home with someone and then I realized that that's not even hot, it's just physically hot. It's noble to try. You you have to try it once so you know. Maybe solo, but. Yeah, solo is fine, but one one other friend is just like not not great. (laughs) Yeah. Not a good look. Not a good, no, not very uh, professional. (laughs) (laughs) Professional. Uh, here we go, live on Snacky Tunes.
happy at first. It was my cowbell. That cowbell. <laughs> I can't really hear it. Yeah, I can't hear it either. I think I need to turn the Can you turn it up? Turn it up. Please turn up that cowbell. All right. <laughs> One of the things you mentioned before the show is that you love talking about bands that you like. Who are some of your favorite yeah. bands? And uh, shout them out. Shocking Blue. Oh, man, we just saw... The Rascals. Yeah, the Felix Cavallari and the Rascals. It's a good name. Um, uh, well, they were just the Rascals in the 60s, the and then they, they broke up, and now the drummer does Dino and the Rascals, and he does Felix and the Rascals. Rival band, same song? Yeah. Ugh. Sucks. Sucks. Yeah. You hate to see that. Yeah. Is, the audience, is the audience uh, Old big people. enough? No, I know, but do they oh. have enough support to support two bands? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I don't know. I think they need... Um, no, I can't talk too much about Rascals' business. It's too deep. Too deep. Too close. But Your father was a rascal? Yeah. <laughs> it's a really cool story, too, about his daughter. I was friends. I had this friend named Laura in Nashville, and then I posted this picture about Dino, the drummer. I was like, I fucking love this guy. And she was like, you know, that's my dad's band. I was like, Whoa. what? Her name's Laura Cavalieri, and I thought maybe she was related to Felix, but I was like, too... I don't know. I was like, no way. And, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, she go-go danced at our show at Babies last week. <laughs> Really? Yeah, another one. Another Wait. that's right. Yeah. Did you get to meet Dino? No, we met Felix. Just oh, we met Felix. Felix. Yeah. Oh. Dino is um I don't know. I and their guitarist, um Gene. Yeah. Yeah. Sad story. You hate to see that happen. Yeah. All these decades can't pull it back together. Yeah. Maybe just run, it though. runs too deep though. Yeah, they're trying. A lot of history. A lot of history. Who else are you listening to? Um, love the band Witch. Yeah, Zambian, Zambian rock band. 70s rock and roll band. Also love the uh, the the other witch with the J Mascus, Kyle Thomas witch. That's great too. But we listen to a lot of the Zambian witch. Michael oh, Ralt is really awesome. Yeah. Contemporary dude. He's making a new record right now at Daptone. Really? Right, right over on Troutman. Love those guys. They've been on the show a long time ago. Cool. Yeah, I think he was nice. on here in our first year of doing stuff. They're great. Yeah. There's this uh, band from Nashville we just played with called Roman Polanski's Baby. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, tough yeah. name. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> we met them through this band, Pujol, who's really awesome. Yeah, they're both Pujol's from Nashville. They play, like, power pop, like, kind of like the, Smart. the DBs Smart, yeah. and Elvis Costello. They're great. It's all just, like, super tight, kind of, like, rock. La Luz is cool. La Luz is cool. Shout Fat out to the bass Luz player. <laughs> Want to make sure we get one more song in. Last question. Yeah. You're all into gear. Favorite piece of gear and why? Take it around the room. Oh. Don't think too hard. Right it's now? It's drum. It's nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> I love my music master uh, bass fender. Yeah. Man, I played a bass man... 50 watt but out of two 15 speakers in France and I fell in love with it it might be might be a menu family member soon. that's the next that's the next purchase oh, it's so cool yeah perfect the, the, the 15 inch speakers are really that's special. what really did it for you yeah though. totally uh, well thanks for coming on the show where can people find you stay tuned for the new record hear the old records listen to boytoyband.com yep uh, Instagram <laughs> at boytoyband Facebook Boy Toy Band. You could go to boytoy.com. I'm sorry, one more time. What was that? Boytoy.com. Did I get that right? (laughs) Yeah, and then go to boytoyband.com. You gotta go both. And just send us an email with the differences you see and if there's any upgrades we could do to our website. Oh, perfect. And uh, we'll get you an amplifier for the cowbell for the final song. (laughs) An electric cowbell. Electric cowbell. Big thank you to Chef Lorena Garcia. Uh, we are off next week, but then we'll be back with a brand new episode of Snacky Tunes. Uh, head over to Apple Podcasts to get to our archives. Check us out. Leave us a message. Rate us. Whatever you want to do. What are you going to take us out with? We're going to do a cover. Oh. Is that okay? Totally fine. Okay. It's it's uh, called When the Night Falls by the Eyes. Oh, that's great. And we... Um, we have it on a 7-inch. Yeah, we have this on a 7-inch. Perfect. And can you get that at boytoy.com? You can. Oh, perfect. I think. Yeah. If, if it's not available, just email us at boytoyband at gmail.com. We'll ship it in 7 in 9 days. In like 2 months. From, <laughs> we're actually we're pretty, we're pretty punctual unless we're on tour. Oh, that's a good trait to have. So. Um, well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode of Snacky Tunes. Thank thanks for having, us. for having us. Thanks for coming.
Tunes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org/slash subscribe.